It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. You guys had a little bet on last night's football, didn't you? You've come in, I haven't noticed any beers yet. Oh, last year you would wait till you owe me a slab <laughs> and then come in with a slab under your shoulder. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Did you get your beer, Joey? Not yet, Kath. We'll have to double. We might double up this weekend. We might think of a, we'll have a one. We'll find a game and we'll go again. Well, yeah, double you know or nothing. I had a bet with our great man here, Leroy, last week on the mm. Freo Brizzy game. I won the bets and it was a box of chocolates, box of favourites, and Leroy's come through with the well goods done. this morning. See, so. Leroy, that's what you meant to do. Pay up your bets. We shook hands. I think you're a Brisbane it's possible if you shake hands. Of course, you're a Brisbane. Kath's yep. a Freo girl, so yep. well done, Kath. You know what? It's got me thinking, though, with the favourites. How does Moro. Turkish Delight, Cherry Ripe, Old Gold, and Picnic get a run in the box of favourites. Oh, no. They're no one's favourites. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Turkish Delight man. Yeah. Oh, and I love an old Turkish gold. Delight. Red yeah. flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that on your list of things, is it? <laughs> if, you're, yeah. if you're a Turkish Delight, no good. No. What's your favourite? <laughs> what's your, what's your favourite? I'm you going crunchy. Yeah. Everyone loves crunchy. Yeah. I'll be the flakes. I like flake. A okay. bit messy, the plate. It no. is a bit messy, but I like it. <laughs> i got a bone to pick with you, actually, Kath. <laughs> me? Um, yeah, to be honest. Me? Now, a fortnight ago, we have our normal show on a Saturday. Um, Joey, we mm-hmm. all come in. You know, how's your weekend? What are you up to this weekend? Oh, nothing much. <laughs> Keep it pretty quiet. Yeah, chilling out. It's Kath's birthday, right? A fortnight ago on the Saturday, she comes in no, and, and doesn't. Was your birthday 28th of May? No. Oh, I've been asked this a couple of times. I think there's an article or something going around on the internet which says my birthday is the 28th of May, but it's, it's not. not. 23rd of August. As your research go and your journalist. Yeah, it's going good, in it? Yeah. I thought it was your birthday fortnight ago. You Don't came in, didn't even mention everything. it. No, when it's my birthday, you will all know. <laughs> I reckon. I guarantee yeah. that. I will make a big song and dance. Right. I need to check your LinkedIn account. I think you're running with a faux birthday, a second birthday. A LinkedIn, my LinkedIn account. No. It's a fake no, you've, just, you've got a fake account. You've just read some dodgy article, which I don't know how you've come okay. across. Oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a fake Catholic in the yeah. account going around somewhere. Yeah, 20, 23rd of August. Oh. Put it in your diaries, okay. everyone. Um, <laughs> how was your week? Uh, you too? Very good, thanks. I yeah. went down to Sorrento last night. I had dinner at the new Conti Hotel, which was very nice. Last uh, night? Yes. Yeah, so I went down there with some friends. And, See anyone uh, down there? Just bumped, went out with some friends for dinner, okay. caught up with a few friends and watched the footy. So anyone? friends? Nice, it was a nice night. No, it was good. Anyone super famous? No one super famous. <laughs> <laughs> just a regular. We'll see if we can get Just my regular friends. Just your regular friends. <laughs> Not your A-grade <laughs> friends, yeah. just your regular ones. Uh, hey, uh, big Friday night footy game to review, plus the Essendon celebrations. How good was that pre-game last night? Outstanding. Yeah, I thought Briggs did a great job. Uh, Ryan Larkin and his whole team, I think. This has been a year in the making, that whole celebration. There was a vision a year ago, and I thought it was outstanding. I think the James Heard element of it Mm. is huge. Like, don't underestimate this. This is his first time stepping back into the public spotlight with his Essendon family. The VFL games where he watches his son – other side of the ground, glasses, cap on, pulled down, doesn't engage quite. He last – and I, I reckon well, – I've been told it was pretty emotional for James last night. And so it looked it it on his face when he walked out, to be honest. Yeah. They could have had 100 cracks at that Essendon and not done it any better, yep. I think, mm. than what they did. You know, with all, with the greats in the in the circle. I mean, some people may not have loved that. A lot of pressure on Dyson Hipple in that <laughs> moment. But he grabbed his jumper, the fabric of the club. This is what it means, the red and black. And I just thought with, you know, Matty Lloyd and James Hurd and Kevin Sheedy in that huddle, I thought that was yeah. just yep. one of the highlights of the season. Definitely the highlight Definitely. of the night. Yep. Yeah, when sure. the Danahers appeared yep. as well. Yeah. That was a great moment. Yeah. And it was a great night, though, for the Carlton Football Club. Yes. Walsh again to the 1-2, just tumbles a punt inside 50. Martin back in the side. Oh, he's looking for the Blues third goal. Good-looking attempt. He slid that home. Matt Owies is now... A beautiful kick. Silvani is in good shape. And launches it. Jack Silvani takes a bit of a hanger. Cottrell picks it up. Got boot to ball. Cottrell goals. Coast to coast. Cut. Goes to Mackay. Goes to Kerno. Little dribbler from the pocket. Charlie. Top shelfer. It's Carlton 12 8 defeating the Bombers 7-12-54. 
Yes, last night was meant to be all about Essendon and its 150th anniversary, but by the end, it was all about Carlton. The Blues are 9-3 and three for the season. Back in the top four, they beat the Bombers by 26 points at a wet MCG. Carlton's transformation under Michael Voss. Joey just keeps getting better by the week. Yeah, it does, and, and they've done it. Every sort of win has been different. Some come-from-behind wins, some holding-on wins. This is just a win where it was one of those games where you go, well, they should win. They're the better team. Um, You know, big occasion for the opposition. But again, they keep finding a way to win. So let's forget about the old Carlton. This is is the new Carlton. It's a bit like Melbourne from 2020 to 2021. At some point, we have to realise that they are a legitimate side. They are an absolute great footy team at the moment. They're playing great footy. And there's no reason why they can't go deep into September. Let's have a listen to uh, Coach Michael Voss on the back of that, Leroy. Yeah, look, I think we're still in that phase where we're learning to win and win properly and, you know, acknowledge that uh, there's still some growth left in us. So I guess, you know, when we talk about expectations, people talk about expectations about, you know, where we're going to finish, but our expectations that, is that we stay with what we're, what we're trying to do and, and play a certain way and there's certain behaviours that we need and we have to stay on that. The big test for the Blues comes now, if you ask me. So they got Richmond on Thursday night. They beat them Huge. round one in the season Huge opener. Game. So that's at the MCG. They take on Fremantle after that, who's a genuine top four uh, team, and then St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. So it's a huge three weeks uh, for Carlton. I just wonder whether they try and incorporate Sam Durden into that back six, Joey, or not. So they've got Marchbank back in the team, Plowman, uh, Lewis Young. Is that the back six, or do they try and bring in Sam Durden from Glenelg, in preparation for finals, what would you do? No, I wouldn't bring Sam Durden in. No, he's there as insurance. He's there probably if, if Marchbank or one of the other defenders they've currently got in the side get injured. Oh, I like Marchbank. You now stick with him. Give him some run of games. Lewis Young has shown that he can hold up yep. um, until Weedering gets back. Yep. So oh, I think they've just got to keep rolling with what they've got. And, and they showed again last night they can get the job done. And it's more about or as much about system as it is about individuals. So as long as they all defend as a team yep. and the, the midfielders help and the forwards apply pressure, they can keep getting the wins. Chair is out. I thought the two forwards really stood up and were a difference for a key parts yeah. of the games in Charlie Curnow and Harry Mackay. Like these are big boys who have big potential on the big stage. And I reckon Carlton can just be so excited about what they can deliver when that moment comes later in the yeah, season. Five goals between them in pretty soggy conditions yeah. last night. They're building a sense of maturity and trust and reliability, aren't they? I mean, Mackay, um, returning from injury and looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They're 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 a group now that you can trust, you can believe in. So I, I know it's taken people maybe some a bit longer than others. I've been a believer right from about round four when you could tell that this team was legitimate and that they, they keep building the trust. They keep finding ways to win, keep improving. And you're right. I, I can't wait to see Mackay and Kerno in September yeah. on a yeah. big stage in a massive crowd. It will be awesome. They will be the story. There's no doubt about that. For me, with the spotlight was on Essendon last night, the 150th year uh, anniversary, they had to turn up. And I'm a bit glass half full, to be honest, on the Bombers' effort last night. We'll talk about Jake Stringer, who was uh, poor last night, according to the coach, in a second. But they had 75 tackles. They beat him in the centre clearances. Now, we know Carlton is, has been strong in that area. So for Essendon, I really feel like you know year two in the rebuild, it's baby steps uh, for the Bombers. And last night, I know they lost by 26 points. If I'm an Essendon fan. Did you say year two in a rebuild? Yeah. Essendon? Yeah. They played finals last year. Where's the rebuild? Oh, that was the outcome. This is the process. I'm talking about the process. Right. They went back. They res- The list reset happened off the back of the supplement saga. Yep. And then when Saad Danaher <laughs> for uh, Fantasia left. Yep. Another list management plan comes in, so they get the kids. They get another high draft pick this year. They got set. This is year two of a rebuild. It's not year two of a rebuild. This has been a disappointing year. No, but, there's oh, no, no way around. This has been complete, a really poor oh. year. I expected much more. Did you? A lot of people expected. They're in your eight. Mullenhouse uh, ju- said they'd win the flag. Exactly right. That, they were. They should have been around the mark for playing final. So um, it's been a disappointing year. But you're right. A much better effort last night. It, it was. It's what you expect. It's what you expect to see from a team. It was a strong performance, but not good enough. Jake Stringer had nine possessions in his. Comeback game. The Bombers had the VFL last, uh, had the bye last week, so he didn't play. Let's listen to this scathing assessment from Ben Rutten on Jake Stringer. Yeah, he had a poor, poor game tonight, and we, you know, as a senior player for us, yeah, we need more from him, and um, yeah. So his first game since round seven, is it? Fair, Joey? Do you think um, the senior coach should be publicly slamming him like that? Uh, my first thought was it's probably a bit unfair. I mean, he's been out for five weeks mm. with a hamstring injury. He, he, you know, of course you would like your best player. And I think he's probably their, their best player to play better. I get that. Strong comments. You sort of sit there and go, well, you would have liked to have heard those strong comments about his senior players in rounds two, three, four, and five, probably rather than, than a player coming uh, off off a five-week hamstring injury. But, um, 
you'd rather hear those comments and make excuses, but I just thought, yeah, that's that's interesting he says that now about a player that's been injured for a number of weeks. We were talking about Jake Stringer as one of the most impactful players in the last competition last year. Last year, he's a top 10 year. player in the comp, yeah. yeah. So it ha- he hasn't, and this is this comes back to the contracts, right? So he gets a nice contract, belly full. Was that Has a two-year contract? Remind me again. I think it was three, but incentives around, I could be wrong here, but there was talk that there were incentives around skin folds and fitness and that sort of stuff. Right. I just wonder, like, is the belly full of well, air or is the hunger still there? There's always a human element of once you get a contract, it's like anyone in life. If you've got some security, you might just slightly just relax a little bit because, you, you know, you're not as on edge. But he also got injured in the preseason. And we know with Jake Stringer, he is a guy that needs to be fully fit and healthy to play his best. That's just been the, the case with him for his whole career. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that can step in, like I say, a, a Sam Walsh should not have played for eight weeks and come in, hit the ground running week one because of his natural aerobic tank. We know String is a guy that needs continuity, needs to be fully fit and healthy. Let's give him a few weeks and hopefully to the back end of this season he can get something back to the form that he was in last year. Darcy Parrish copped a heavy corky first turn. They tried to play him uh, more forward, didn't work, uh, set the game on the bench. He's going to have a really light week. They'll test him later in the week, see if he can get up. He's probably their best player alongside Zach Merritt. Question without notice here, Tim. Who captains Essendon next year? I don't think it's Dyson Hipple, and I don't mean that as disrespectful. Um, I think they'd benefit from handing over that uh, rein a little bit. But yeah. who, who is it, Joey? Um, this is probably the bit of Zach the, Merritt. This, yeah, probably Zach Merritt. Yeah, I think Zach Merritt's got a got a, 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 an honesty about him. He's got a bit of a, a, a sort of a is hard edge about him. The but, presence. Well, it's a hard one because I don't know internally whether he's got what what he's sort of yeah. um, what he's like around the club. Whether he has that. Presence certainly, he's, he's their best player. He's a hard worker. I, I like his style, the way that he speaks. Um, but part of Essendon's problem is they're not they're not full of choices, are they? They don't have heaps. Of, the other words, Draper, you know. So well, I was just going to say, do you go down the no, demons path of Max, Max no, Gorn yeah, and do a Sam Draper? That's right. I'd probably not rather yet. Zach Merritt. No, he's not ready yet. Yeah, yeah he looks a bit four young. years down the track, maybe. Good thing about Sam Draper is you can tell he's got a bit of grunt to him. Yeah, that's though. it, exactly right. He's got passion. He's captain with grunt. Um, so Carlton next play Richmond in a huge Thursday night game at the G and then Essendon play St Kilda in Friday night footy at Marvel. So there's nowhere to hide for the Bombers over the next couple of weeks because they've got a few Friday night fixtures. So all the, eyes on Essendon the, over the next two weeks. The big test for the Bombers for me is when they head west. They take on West Coast in round 15. Oh, it's don't. a Friday night in <laughs> Perth. Now this is what I mean, right? Yeah. So West Coast, mm. I reckon they're going to start to get a bit more uplift, right? Well, they have to. Surely they Players can. coming back. Players yep. coming back. Back, right, I think that is a huge test for them when they go across the Nullarbor because I reckon West Coast will be looking for a scalp. Oh, boy. Um, big talking point this week has been the Melbourne Football Club, how things can change in the space of a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Goodwin faced the media yesterday. I'm going to yeah. get your thoughts, Jay-Z, yes. on how you think he handled it. This yep. is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey Jane Cath. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. How things can change in the space of a few weeks. We were talking about the Melbourne Footy Club. Are they going to lose a game this season? Surely they will have to at some point. When do they start resting players? And then all of a sudden they've suffered back-to-back losses and they were in the news, front back page news all Mm. week, it seemed, Jay-Z. Simon Goodwin uh, had his weekly press conference yesterday where he was peppered with questions about the club culture and all the issues going on with the Ds at the moment. How do you think he handled it? Yeah, no, I think he handled it um, really well. I mean, it really it is limited uh, to Steve and May. So to go back a step, um, Sunday night at Entricott, um, it's Steve May, it's Bailey Fritch, it's Joel Smith. He organised the night. I think Michael Hibbert was there, maybe Luke Dunstan. And Steve May just for some reason starts strafing all his teammates. Everyone copped it. Bang, you're this, you're that, blah, blah, blah. Joel Smith, you know, the best thing you've done is, um, you know, missing the preliminary final after his hamstring, which is a shocking thing to say. And then uh, Melksham steps in to defend him. He's heard enough. You know, he's just abusing everyone. So Melksham flies the flag for his teammates. And instead of calming down, instead of putting a sock in it, Maisie gets all up and about and they um, take it outside and it gets physical, which is um, a quite extraordinary. What The part of this story that I don't think hasn't been told is I think Michael Hibbard desperately tried to restrain uh, Big Maisie. Yep. Uh, he he might have known what was coming. Yeah, and sort of like tried to squash him and yep. wrestle him, but couldn't. And then and that's because he probably knew that Jakey yep. might just Control. want to yep. settle it. <laughs> and he did say, well done, Michael Hibbard tried to, uh, Michael Hibbard tried to finish things without sort of using his fist, just try and more tackle Maisie out on the road. So the, as you say, the, co- the coach faces the big questions. Is the culture breaking? Is the fabric being torn? Why are your players fighting each other? He had this to say. 
In terms of the incident, um, it doesn't mean that our playing group don't love and care for each other. Um, I've got four brothers and I've had a fight with all of them. Um, doesn't mean I don't love and care for them. Um, I do. And we don't tolerate violence one iota, but this incident isn't going to define our playing group. He's lost some respect, Maisie. There's no doubt about that. Mm. They love him on the field. They love him Monday to Friday. When he gets on the source, that's when um, some dangerous things can occur. So it's quite clear for Stephen May, he's got to get off the booze. I think that's a dollar one that happened for the rest of the season. And as a team, they've got to get things back on track. Collingwood are very plucky. And I think on Monday, if they can bring that high-pressure game, um, can pose a real challenge to Melbourne. But have you seen this, Joey? Have you seen teammates genuinely fall out or box on? And how does that go inside the locker room when you try and patch things up? Inside the locker room after something like that, it's fine. You you move on. As Goody said, we've all got mates that have had a fight with each other when they've had too much to drink or or brothers. And you you patch it up and you move on. I don't think internally this will affect them too much. I think it's embarrassed Stephen May, absolutely. And we all know that that there's always a a mate that when they drink too much can – can act like a bit of a, a bit of a fool, and that that obviously was Stevie May that night. So, but I think internally they'll be fine, and I don't think it'll affect their football one bit. I mean, you go back to Richmond twenty twenty with the st- stack and Coleman Jones out the front of the kebab shop. It, it doesn't really affect too much of what the team is about. They'll they'll bunker down. Stephen May will be humbled into performing really well and do what he's do what he's there to do, and that's help them win another flag. The thing is, Stephen May is one of their most important players. Yep. I mean, when you compare it to Stack and Coleman Jones um, back in the day. What would be the bare minimum now Stephen May has to do this season to, to make sure this, this doesn't rear its head again and people go, oh, yeah, well, remember, it, it all started with that entrecot fight. Nah. I, Soda waters? Probably. That's probably a start for him. Yeah, I think he would do that. As I said, I don't. it's not going to affect their football. I don't think what, how they play in round 17 is going to have anything to do with entrecot uh, last weekend. So um, they just get back to business. They get back to work. You know, people move. Players, players mates. Family, you move on, you have a scuffle, you make it up. They're good friends, Melksham and Stephen May, I know that. So they'll, they'll be fine, they move on. Jay-Z, what, what about the other stories around the Melbourne Footy mm. Club and, and um, you know, these text messages being leaked from the, the the president was sending and and all this stuff around Simon Goodwin's behavioural issues, yep. how he was going to be stood down prior to the 2021 season. What's your mail on all this? Yeah, so it's excellent reporting from Michael Warner in the Herald Sun, who's had the scoop on this story the whole long. So clearly um, the ex-president Glenn Bartlett had serious concerns about Goody's behaviour. Now that hasn't been substantiated, but the president, when you go to the AFL top brass to talk about that, clearly the president um, had some concerns. Now whether Glenn Bartlett will ever, will ever be welcomed back into that football Club again, I'm not sure, probably hard to speak to. But as Goodwin said in his press conference yesterday, join the dots, I think he's pretty clear on where some of this adversity um, is coming from. So I think that's um, unfortunate. It probably goes back to the Wheaties packet comment. We talked about yeah, it at yeah, length yeah, yeah. Um, where the president, Glenn Bartlett, you know, talked about the, pre- the you know, will put pressure on the football department to perform. They had a really poor result against Port Adelaide. It was off a four-day break, and I think the bus was late. I think they got to the game an hour early. They, they weren't in good form, but off a four-day break when you're away, you're in the hub. I think there's some circumstances um, involved in that. And when Simon Goodwin has to read that story on the website, and not get that sort of text message or heads up probably from the president at the time. I don't think that helped relationships with the mm-hmm. whole uh, football department. But, look, it, um, yeah, it's re- at a really interesting sort of situation. Kate Roffey, her texts um, were also uh, published this week where she um, said something about a very popular member of the football department, Jim Plunkett, that he should be booted off. I think there was an apology this week, or if there hasn't been, it'll be forthcoming. So, look, there is this big boardroom brawl happening at Melbourne at the moment. There were some quotes about um, CEO Gary Pert and maybe some, you know, some not-so-nice comments from AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin. So I think there's a bit of healing to be done at Melbourne. Look, it's it's unfortunate that these uh, text messages and everything is public, but I guarantee you board members would be texting each other on a Friday night if their team's playing poorly, saying the same sort of things. How how bad's our club? You know, the the coach... They'd be doing that internally. If everyone's text messages were public, that particularly board members and people at clubs were writing to each other when their team was playing badly, 
you wouldn't want them public. So I mean, it's 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 an unfortunate situation. Think of the texts we send each other and our friends when, when our team's That's not right. playing and, well. And like, of course, you're a bit dramatic and say and board members and board members are seriously just supporters that you know uh, yeah. have got a, a sort of a higher a higher title. So they'd all be saying the same things that friends do to each other when their team's playing it's poorly. Just messy and bitter. I mean, it's un- yeah, what's, it's what's the leak trying to achieve here? Leaking all these text messages and, and all these past conversations. I think I think the leaker would be trying to undermine um, certain people, and I mm. think we've we've seen that, and that that possibly is unfortunate. But um, great to get on the the insight on the uh, drama happening at that level. Yeah, well, A good insight for you too. Getting that article, the, the stuff about the Melksham May stuff, it was yes. very very good reading. Jay Z in the Herald Sun, it was yes. good. Always a good when you get very good reporting. Asked by a sports editor, oh, what are we doing today? Well, we want to get the background story on that mm. fight that happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you did good. well. You did well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, mate. I've I've been craving going to Entrecote too since this story broke. <laughs> what would you have? Make a booking. What would you have? You have to have the steak and fries, don't you? Yeah. That's their signature. The fritz. Mm, the fritz. Mm. Nice. Maybe we can do a team dinner at Entrecote. Sounds mm. good. We won't get uh, into a violent brawl, though. No. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Morning, Rusty. Hello, Kath, Joey, Jay-Z. Good morning. Hey, Rusty. A bit of news around this week about some legends having a crack at Bathurst this year, and the prep is underway already. Yeah, this is really cool. So I went to Brisbane for the announcement that Craig Lowndes is going to do a wild card drive. This is awesome. Um, he's going to drive with a, a, a young driver by the name of Declan Fraser. It's a really great opportunity, and it's a third car being run under the Triple Eight banner. Jamie Wincup's been the team boss there in, in recent time, having stepped away from full-time driving. He is going to do Bathurst. He's going to pair up with the young fellow that took over from him uh, this year in Brock Feeney. And Garth Tander confirmed alongside Shane Van Gisberg. And they are a ripper pairing and will likely start favourites. And 365 days exactly. Greg Murphy kind of had a false start last year, hoping to do a Bathurst wildcard. They're doing it again this year. It's underway. He's done some testing at Winton this week with another young Kiwi in Richie Stanaway, who kind of left the sport disenchanted and I'm really thrilled that this guy's getting another crack at it. And Rusty, the F1 action's back on in Azerbaijan tomorrow night. Can't wait for that. But in the bikes, Ducati hasn't worked out like we thought it might for Jack Miller. He is off to a new team next year in MotoGP. Is that right? It's crazy to think that this Ducati chapter hasn't been massively more successful for him. But let's not forget, it hasn't always worked out for every rider that's gone there. Really, Um, Casey Stoner was the the standout on that bike. So uh, Jack is off. He's going to go and race for the KTM team next year. They're an Austrian-based manufacturer. They might be relatively new to the the MotoGP space, but they've got some enormously talented people behind the scenes there. And I reckon that's a perfectly timed move for Jack. We want to talk about Dan Ricciardo when we've got you back on the show next week, Rusty. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Have a cracking weekend. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. The Dead Set Legends. Put that in the book. Saturday scoreboard. Let's go back to Wednesday night. Did we all watch the State of Origin? How yes. good How good was that? Great and game. how good was our boy Cam Munster, by the way? He was unbelievable You're in the Queensland our win. our boy again. a lot lately. Yeah, yeah well, boys, any Melbourneians. Well, state of origin, the rugby league's what not else really are you referring to. Really oh, I don't know if I'm going to say it on air. Always <laughs> um, <laughs> just give me the look. Yeah. Always keeping a lot of secrets in this show. Okay, oh, well, more detail about last, <laughs> oh, more about last night. State of origin. Oh, more about last night. Yeah, and Melbourne Storm they yeah. play uh, this afternoon against the Sydney Roosters. So Storm going beautifully. They're still second on the ladder, but that was great. The state of origin. How good. State of origin's awesome. It is the one upset, moment where you go, I wish. The AFL had this kind of rivalry, like state v state. Oh, yeah. the, the New South Wales Queensland rivalry is just so strong and authentic. I'm really a big advocate for we should have state of origin AFL every four years because that way you're going you're going to get the best players to play because they yeah. might only get one or two opportunities to represent their state. So yeah. I think if Victoria played South yeah, Australia okay. and then four years later, you know, Victoria played Western Australia, okay, these 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 players would only get one or two cracks at it, so they would want to play because that you do like. Uh, whether it's representing Australia or playing state of origin, playing with the best in the competition, you, you do want to do it. Yeah, um, we so, just don't have that second state, that second state to go up with Victoria. You could rotate it. Western Australia would could almost beat Victoria right now. Yeah, that's, but that's what their, I'm so. saying is that rivalry. You need that strong oh. rivalry like a New South Wales Queensland. Yes, we don't have that passion, I, absolutely. I don't think that's the big question. I think the big question is when you would play it. 
when would you play that game? Because it's easy to say well, how good would State of Origin would be. Mm. So you want to have that around 12 by. We're a bit sore. You can imagine Rossi Lyon say, Joey, I need you to have a week yeah, off. The cl- that's right. The club's is that how, the- how does Ross Lyon talk? No, Sorry. I've, 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 <laughs> he doesn't like I, I would, There's two ways you could do it. Either round would 12. I'd probably have it uh, before round one. Before yeah. round one. The, the pre, the, the, it's a pre, you know, the hit out before round one. I could still have it in the bye. If we, I mean, if we evolve and we know the competition's going to evolve with what how many teams it is and what mm. the fixture looks like, oh, I think we could have a, a weekend off for the and players would want to play. If you're only playing every four years, I know if it was every year, I get the players would say, "Look, I'm sore, I need a week off." If you get the chance to represent your state once or twice, you would play. Hey, uh, NBA, yes. following that, Boston, they are in the box seat at the moment, two one up against Golden State. Game four is on at eleven o'clock today, so looking forward to that. If Boston win at home and go three one up, can you call it? Can you almost declare? Oh, they'd be favourites now, wouldn't they? Yeah, they absolutely. Did... Red hot favourites. And yep. and and the th- the thing is, they we all said that Tatum and Brown couldn't play together because they're sort of a bit similar. That small forward type. Oh, they've they have stunned everyone so far, and they're playing great defence. They're playing as a team. I love the grit. I love the hustle. It was always that versus the absolute firepower of the Warriors. Yep. And so far, it's been Boston's story to tell. And the sideshow with Draymond Green and everything yes. going on there, and trying to get in everyone's faces and his podcast, but they're not backing it up on the court is creating some interest. Hey, the golf, Leroy, and you can help us with this. The Live Golf Series, the Saudi sort of breakaway league, has it started finally. It started, so there are 17 members of the um, USPGA, or the, their players like uh, Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson, um, Patrick Reed, etc. They're now suspended from playing in the PGA. That's correct. Yep. Do you think that'll be permanent, or do you think this is just a push? It's it's a restraint on trade, and eventually they'll be able to go back and play on the PGA tour. I think it should be at least five years minimum. They should go hard the PGA. Really? Because I, I think when you take the history away from the players, then what what are they playing for? Money when they're already rich anyway? Like. I don't see the point. Mm, it's very fascinating. Charles, Charles Schwartzel leads that Live Golf Invitational Series. And just the cricket, Kath, I know this piques your interest. Uh, New Zealand taking on England. New Zealand four for 318 stumps on day one. Daryl Mitchell, 81, not out. Tom Blundell, 67, not out. England dropped five catches throughout the day. They're no good, are they, England? You're going to make some big statement like you did last week? I did, didn't this I? This was you week. last week when we were talking what? about the first test between New Zealand hey, and England. Hey. Anyway, England, are same old England. They haven't changed. They're no good. Stand by <laughs> well, that. Well, I did at England the time when we were doing the show. The I think that New Zealand were like four for 260 and had a lead of about 200. Yeah, and we I thought, said, hang on a second. You did. You said, Test Don't. match is far from over. New Zealand collapsed. One over until the new ball. They can bowl them out for less than 300. They did just that. And England win. Joe Root saves the day. Just say, Kath, you were right. Kath, you Kath, were right. right. <laughs> you were right. I did not see that coming. Joe Root making 100 and um, chasing 280 when they probably should have been chasing about 350. But good series. So Kath has our cricketing guru. So Joe Root has benefited from not being captain anymore. Yes. Without sorry, the... you just you've gone the Mark Howard route there, guru. <laughs> yes, I have I'm sorry, Howard. Uh, sorry, go on. As our cricket expert, so Joe Root's not captain, the burden's relief mm. released off his shoulders. Does he he's benefited from that, not having that? Well, we're only one test match in, but results would suggest it has. Mm. I mean, it was probably the best start to this new era under Brendan McCollum and Ben Stokes, wasn't it? it was Joe Root scoring 100, being the hero, and, yep. and it's an England victory. So yep. we will wait and see, though. There is uh, a long way to go under McCollum and Stokes. Hey, a big second hour coming up. Jakara Anthony's going to mm. join us because she's one of the big freeze sliders. Have you been asked to slide? Down Me? No, I haven't. No. Queen's birthday? Not no. You? I think you need to you, what about be on you? the list. No, I have well, not. But Jay-Z, you are you're the... not far off being asked, I reckon. I reckon. No, uh, I think okay. Joey needs to go down first. Thanks. Then Jay-Z and then I might think about it. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting an invite. <laughs> it's pretty tough this year because it has been cold in Melbourne, but yep. um, all for a good cause, of course. I want to talk about North Melbourne, gents, mm. because there was a bombshell selection, Taryn Thomas has been dropped and the club have come out and publicly said he needs to win back the trust of his teammates. What's going on here, Jason? What does that mean, Joey? Well, they're basically letting everybody know that they're not happy with facets of his game and generally when you're talking about the trust of your teammates, it's talking about effort 
um, and particularly effort without the football. Um, so, so defensive running, defensive running, his effort, maybe his his willingness to. It could even be maybe his training standards, um, his professionalism. It leaves a little bit. It leaves it open a little bit, Jay Z. When you say that winning back the trust, it could be a whole number of things, not just on the field. It, it could imply off the field, mm-hmm. and that's why they've dropped him to yep. improve his standards. So look, I, I don't mind clubs making hard calls and dropping players. I think Adelaide and Matthew Nix have made some um, stands on players on their on their performance, and if they're not um, living up to the standards. To sort of put it out there on public record that um, you need to, they need to, he needs to win back the trust. That's pretty big. That, that's letting the whole football world know that there's elements to Taron Thomas as a footballer that that he's that he's you know not living up to or not living, you know, up, to living up to standards. And and these teammates have, have lost trust, which is a pretty significant thing to be out there public. Mm. I think you can have those conversations internally, externally. Sometimes I think as players. You, you you love the coach to support you. You can still challenge, absolutely. And Ross Lyon was the best, as you know, Jay-Z at our club. He'd challenge us absolutely internally, internally but externally he would always um, support back us publicly and, yeah. and back us in. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a big statement by the Kangaroos. He's their best player, Taron Thomas, yep. isn't he? Pro, uh, close. So, yeah, yeah. Jason well, Horn Francis. Yeah, Horn Francis and Taron Thomas are almost their best too. He probably is. Simkin, Simkin Thomas, Jason Horn Francis. So, yep. like, if I mean, they need him to be leading from the front. They're really relying on Taron Thomas. I mean, he, we've seen him play some excellent football for him. So I don't think this is a great sign. I do think... I'm not going to overstate things here, Kath, but I think tomorrow's game is massive for North Melbourne on a couple of different levels. So, Talking about the crowd or? I think the crowd and I think the coach, the team, I think this is a football club which is really struggling, um, to be honest. And if there's less than 10,000 people there as sort of half predicted for the game against GWS, like that is the fans voting with their feet. And I think from a more broad club perspective, that is a huge worry. So if they get, say, seven, eight, 9,000 fans and they cop another significant belting, like another big loss for North Melbourne for me, starts to sound those alarm bells in a really big way. The only thing about that crowd conversation is what helps North Melbourne's cause is Richmond, Port Adelaide only got, what, 21,000 at the MCG on Thursday night. It has been very cold yep. in Melbourne this week. I think a lot of people are just choosing to be in the comfort of their own home, be warm, <laughs> watch it on the telly. Yes. So that does help them a little bit. But I, I agree with you. They want to get a big crowd, but it is North Melbourne, and GWS. It, and in a strange way, all eyes will be on that game. It's the only game yeah. tomorrow, True. Sunday yep. afternoon. No one would have watched it if it was part of the, the week of North Melbourne v. the Giants. But everyone will be watching it, I think, because of Jay's point, everyone will be watching for a certain reason. They've got to be competitive. The thing with the Thursday night crowd, though, Kath, in Richmond's school night, you mm, know, absolutely yeah, freezing, you know, Thursday night. Like, oh, I don't know. Thursday night games, I think, are good. In Not so much in the middle of winter in for Melbourne. For viewers, they're good. Yeah, viewers for good. But home, I think that's yeah. potentially where you go to Perth or you go into state, you go to Brisbane on a Thursday night. Or play night. under the roof at Marvel. Exactly. But the crowd does affect your viewing on TV as well because you tune in on Thursday night, you see a lot of empty seats and whatnot, and you all of a sudden just the game has a bit of less sparkle to it and you think, oh, it's maybe it's not that important. You know, there's not a big crowd. Like it Gee, does How quickly we've influence... forgotten, Kath, for two years we watched games of footy without any crowd in, the, in, in there at all and uh, we forget that, yeah, it was a different viewing experience when there was literally no one in the stadium. Things so any changed. fans I think we're happy with. Yeah, true. Um, with North Melbourne, though, I mean, yes, it's a win-loss industry, but with North being going through a significant rebuild, it's all about improvement. Have you seen any improvement this year? Yeah, that, that's, that's the key point, isn't it, Kath? I mean, no. the win-loss, no, it's not about win-loss, it's about improvement. And you want to see Have you seen it? No, that's what I'm saying. No, I haven't. It's no. gone backwards. It's, there's no, there hasn't been a part of their game yet that I've seen any improvement. Like if you're in. David Noble and you've got to present to the board and they're saying, show us what you've done, where you've improved, what are you saying? What are you selling? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, how many of their players have genuinely taken steps Honestly, forward? No, it's a good question. You, could there, you come a, up no, with I, one no, thing? I don't, no, I don't think we can. I don't think anyone that's watched the football and, and knows the football industry can look at kangaroos and say they've improved in any aspect of their game. No, at least with the Adelaide Crows, you know, they're, they're defending really strongly. Um, you know, the Gold Coast Suns have improved. You know, we can see it with Hawthorne and Collingwood. They're changing their game style and those sorts of things. West Coast, yes, we understand where they're at. The Bombers have gone backwards, but Kangaroos is the one for me that we haven't seen any improvement in their game. This, if they Another 10-goal loss for them I think is really significant. These have been their results. Gold Coast, 62-point loss. St Kilda, 53-point loss. Melbourne, 47-point loss. Port Adelaide, 69-point loss. Fremantle, 78. Carlton, 50-point loss. Geelong, 60-point loss. Western Bulldogs, 68-point loss. That is a terrible two months for this football club. So they need to show, we talk about the shin bonus spirit. 
Honestly, if it's another 10-goal loss uh, tomorrow, I think the spotlight will fall on this football club. Do you think the spotlight is on the coach or more the footy department? Yeah, of course it's on the of course it's on the coach. I mean, I think as soon as the story came out that um, he was apologising for the harshness of his tone, question marks about the relationships, player, player managers uh, certainly um, aren't endorsing things at North Melbourne at the moment. So I think, as I said, I think a few weeks ago, this is a really big back half of the season for the North Melbourne Footy Club. There are no free passes yep. in the AFL. Yep. yep. So they need to show something. They cannot waste or let this rest of this season meander. North Melbourne fans have been very patient and deserve a bit of success, don't they? Kath, before we go, there is some photos circulating online of Western Bulldogs star Bailey Smith uh, at the moment. They are going uh, viral. We'll get what to do that. You mean, photos? We'll get to that in the second hour. I think okay. there is a massive story brewing on there. Remember, Joey Bailey Smith is out of contract this year, and that could have ramifications. And he's also. Two-week suspension currently for that headbutt. Yes, there is. We'll get to that later. Okay, big news coming out of the Western Bulldogs. Jay-Z is going to have all the details next. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Jane Kath. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We are going to get straight into it. No time for chit-chat mm. in the second hour because there is breaking news out of the Western Bulldogs this morning. Uh, a photo appearing to show Bulldog superstar Bailey Smith with a bag of white powder has surfaced. So the Western Bulldogs have released a statement saying the Western Bulldogs are aware of images of Bailey Smith circulating on social media. The club is investigating the legitimacy of these images and is not in a position to comment further at this time. Bailey Smith currently serving eight, well, the club is on um, their bye week and then Bailey Smith is out for two weeks due to uh, suspension for that headbutt on Zach Tui. So... This is not good mm. news to wake up to if you're the Bulldogs. Jay-Z, do you have any more details? It's an uncomfortable story, isn't it? I mean, what's the Bulldogs' um, first port of call here? Well, they have, have to obviously get together with Bailey Smith, the star young midfielder, uh, and his manager, Paul Connors, have a sit-down and talk about um, the circumstances uh, around this. What uh, is contained clearly um, in the packet is of um, you know huge value, uh, obviously. The problem with it, from our perspective now, is we've got no idea when this is from. So this could be mm. from three to five years ago and we wouldn't know. So we shouldn't jump to conclusions just yet, but I think the timeliness around this um, is is quite important. You know, if mm. that is this season or even last season or in his football career, then that's a concern. But when when is this taken? We don't know. So I think that's um, a really important part. And I don't think we can be too naive to say that um, – Illicit drug use is a huge problem right across the side. I'm not making um, um, excuses for Bailey, but let's not um, pull the wool out. Well, yep. over our own eyes here, yep. right? This is um, this is a big issue right across society. So the Western Bulldogs, it is difficult. They're now going to have to have these conversations with their young star midfielder, and he is out of contract. So do you think, Joey, that could have an impact or a bearing on those sort of negotiations? Do you think they would they would pause? Certainly, while these uh, talks are happening. It'll probably put it on the back burner. I don't think it's going to affect his contract status with the football club in regards to what that looks like, how, you know, the, the terms of his, of his contract. But obviously, it's not ideal for the footy club. Certainly, uh, Bailey Smith would be quite nervous today, um, and it's it's not ideal all around. So um, it's been a pretty disappointing year for the Western Bulldogs as well. A team that played off in a grand final last year, they certainly haven't lived up to some people's expectations, and this is just a, another issue they're going to have to deal with. What is mindful, clearly, what is mindful, obviously, is um, the fact that Bailey Smith has been quite open about his mental health problems, Kat. Yep. So yep. that is going to be a huge focus for the football club in dealing with this issue because it has to be a really careful process. They'll call in the experts. Meet Baines, the CEO there at uh, Wittenoval, does a wonderful job. So I just think with a young player who's admitted he's worked, had to work through some things uh, over his life, there's a massive spotlight on him, huge attention on Bailey yeah. Smith. This is just going to be such a big story. This will be a front page story potentially mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. So I think the mental health side is a is a real uh, concern, and um, you know they've got some pretty big things to work through. Clearly, yep, he attracts mass attention no matter what he's doing, and yes. yeah, unfortunate for the Bulldogs enjoying the week off, and this is what they have to deal with. Um, let's go back in time a little bit. Round 13 began with Richmond defeating Port Adelaide by 12 points at the MCG, which saw the Tigers jump back into the top eight at the expense of Collingwood. Many are saying we're seeing the Tigers of old. Do you agree, Joey? 
Well, I showed some stuff on Wednesday night, Kath, on Fox Footy, uh, stating exactly that, that the Tigers have got their game back. Just backing the, over your own work here. The old, yeah. Well, Kath said <laughs> some... That, that some, seemed... I, well, I felt like I was in the bad book there. Kath, if you were Kath watching 360 some, on sorry, <laughs> Some people talk about the Tigers of old. I was saying that, that um, showing that their numbers are representative of the Tigers of old. They're the number one turnover team, which is what they've based their whole game and their premierships off the back of. And the stuff that was interesting, Jay-Z, was going into the bite round 11, they had actually won the second most quarters in the competition, only behind Melbourne, and they were in front third most in the competition. So they were sitting ninth, but maybe that was deceptive because they'd only had some bad quarters and bad periods. But the things that we said about Richmond, Kath, and everyone spoke about early in the year, if the Tigers are fit and healthy and have their best team available, and if they find their their DNA again and play their way, it's scary for the rest of the competition. Mm. And the point was, well, Right now, they are fit and available. Tom Lynch will be back, which means they basically have their full list to pick from, or their best best players anyway, their best 22. And they've got their profile going. Their game is back. The ter- high turnover game, high forward half game. They they intercept well. They set up really well behind the ball. So it is the Tigers of old. Now, whether this, the Tigers of old is still good enough to challenge Melbourne, if they're at their best, to, you know, to break through against Fremantle with Fremantle's defensive system. That's what time will tell. Mm. But certainly Richmond are playing the same way and have got their personnel back from the, the Tigers that have won the premierships. And they're getting that aura back where you are thinking of them as that Richmond team. So right now, the bottom half of the top eight, Geelong fifth, St Kilda sixth, Sydney seventh, Richmond eighth. If finals were starting this week, who's the team you don't want to play out of those four Geelong, oh, St Kilda, prob- Sydney, Richmond. Probably Geelong for me. I've got Geelong still. I think they're a prelim final team, so I wouldn't want to be playing the Cats. Wouldn't want to play any of those teams, to be honest. But that's what we love about this final series. It looks at the moment but you most like it is wide open. Out of those probably balls. still the Cats. Yeah, but Richmond, I'll tell you what, as I said, fit and available, Tom Lynch back, playing their way. Yeah, not many teams would feel comfortable playing Richmond this year. I think there's two big conundrums for Damian Hardwick. Structurally, one is where they play Noah Bolter with Tom Lynch yep. in because I thought, you know, I think he really shores up the back half, if you know what I mean. He was quiet the first three quarters, then goes back in the last quarter, has a big role. Gibkiss went forward. So it's like he's been back and forward. The, the ring of Rosie's happened all season. Lynch back, I think they can settle Bolter forward. The vulnerability, I think, Joey, is still in the clearance game. And that has been improved over the last six weeks. But then Port Adelaide, we were able to shade him in the clearances. And Damien Hardwick said, well, look, we've never been a strong right. clearance side. But I don't think they want to be a sort of a, a poor one or blow average one either. So I think they've still got to be really strong in that clearance game. So is that they're not giving away the big territory um, out of the middle because we know they're a good um, intercept team. So I think if they settle Bolter back, and then they at least. Does that mean Gibkiss and Tarrant and Bolter can all play in the back line with Grimes and Broad? And I don't think Tarrant's spot's safe. We've talked about him a lot, but I don't think Robbie T. He had some nervous moments. He coughed that up. We know he's a, been a star for a long time. But, but Kath, these next two games. So the Tigers are like Tigers, crouching low to the grass. Nice and they've been in stealth mode. <laughs> now is their flying attack on their prey in, that, uh, in, the, in the long grass because over the next two weeks they play Thank Carlton. Thank you, David Attenborough. <laughs> Metaphor, yeah, occasionally. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Game. I enjoyed it. Um, Thursday night, they play Carlton, which is a huge test. And then the following week, they take on the Cats. So we are about yeah. to find out over these next two weeks whether the Tigers are genuine top four and premiership contenders, which Joey has flagged before anyone else, or whether they're a bottom of the eight team, just scrape in and could even miss finals together. I yep. think it could be. The former Joey, and these next two weeks will tell all. Yep, can't wait. Looking Do you have Richmond or Collingwood finishing in eighth spot? I've definitely got Richmond. Tigers ahead. Yeah, of yeah. I yep. think, as I said, I think the Tigers. But you're right, the next two weeks are huge. If they can split them and go one and one, I think the back end of the year they've got a really favourable draw. They'll win mm-hmm. enough games. They'll play finals. Can we just touch on quickly Liam Baker? I thought he played yeah. a superstar fourth quarter Amazing. of football. Amazing. He, so cl- clean as a whistle. We'll talk about the concussion later on. But yes. when he picked up that. It is an electric pickup. Yeah. And he, do you think he could be on the Shy Bolton, Shea Bolton mold, like that trajectory? Oh, no, he's different to Shea Bolton. He doesn't have that, that X factor. But what oh. Baker, he doesn't have that X factor. But what he does, he does everything really well. He's clean, good decision maker, uses the ball well. Same he's anywhere. tough. He's tough and can play anywhere. And guess how tall he is? 175, 173 centimetres. When you picked Caleb Sarong, you said? Size doesn't matter. If you can play, you can play. Yes. I like that story. <laughs> Tell you who's got skills, Jakara oh, Anthony. Oh yes, gold medalist at this year's Winter Olympics. A bow and head skill. Mm. 
So a nice local Victorian, and she joins us on the line because she is taking part in Big Freeze 8. She's going down the slide for Fight M&D and the great man, Neil Danaher. Jakara, welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Are you nervous about Monday? It's been pretty damn cold in Melbourne. Hey, guys. Yeah, I've looked at the weather forecast, and it is not inviting weather for an ice bath. So <laughs> tell Tell us, tell us when you got the call and, and and asked to be part of this great event because it's a real privilege to be part of the Fight M&D's Big Freeze 8. It's a massive privilege. It's such a big event for such a great cause and to be invited by Neil and the family to go and help out with such a great cause was really exciting. It's such an honour and, you know, I have so much respect for Neil. He's such a great advocate for this cause and, even back in the day when he was an athlete and a coach, he's such an inspirational guy. So some of the other sliders, Ash Barty, our very own, Ooh, I think yeah. she's a three-time dead set legend of the week. She's on the, <laughs> going down. Eddie Betts, Justin Langer, Hamish Blake, along with a few others. But Jakar, if there's one person, surely, that can handle going into an ice bath in the middle of winter, <laughs> yeah. it would surely be a winter Olympian. Surely True. you must be able to handle it. Uh, I'd have to be the most highly qualified person in that group <laughs> for this, but... Doesn't mean I enjoy it. Ice baths are my most hated thing to do, so <laughs> we'll see. Who are you most excited to meet and, and spend the day with out of the other sliders? Uh, Ash Barty would have to be up there with my favourite. I think she's a phenomenal athlete and human, and to get to spend the day with her will be pretty special. And everyone else, like, they're all incredible people, and to meet Neil and his family as well, I'm so looking forward to the day. Can you give us any hints on your costume? I'm told oh, there's yes. a bit of a theme, Jakara. Can you give us a little, just a little sneaky peek? Oh, there is a bit of a theme. I think that it's a little bit of a lookalike. Look-a-like. A little bit. Hang on. So is there a theme for the whole group that you all have to abide by or? I assume it's the whole group. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. Unless Portia has been stitched up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's highly possible. <laughs> so it's a look-alike, someone that looks a like little bit. you. Got it. A little bit. Hey, Jakara, how has your life changed since winning the gold medal earlier in the year? Because it was a special moment. We don't have too many winter Olympic gold medalists. So how has your life changed since that moment? Yeah, we don't have many. I'm (laughs) one of six now. It's a pretty special little group to be part of. And my life has changed massively. I've had some very cool opportunities since then with the Grand Prix sponsorships with companies like Grilled and Lululemon, Tanara, and I've gotten to meet some really awesome people. But the best part has been seeing how that has inspired other people from kids right through to grown adults. The effect that it's had on them is incredible. And I had that growing up. So to be in that position now myself is such an honour. You must be the mayor in Bowen Heads down there. <laughs> how the locals uh, embrace you? They love it. That was one of the coolest things when I first got home from the Olympics and just walking out the main street in Barwon Heads and having everyone recognise you was a pretty surreal moment. There must be a photo of you behind the um, behind the pub there at, um, at Barwon Heads <laughs> Pub or behind the bar, I should say. We are speaking to Jakara Anthony. She's going down the big free slide on Monday. Can't wait for it. Always one of the highlights of the year, Joey. And, of course, she did win gold at the Women's Moguls event at the 2022 Winter Olympics. Now, how did you celebrate, uh, Jakara? So you win, you win gold, then, then, then what happens? Tell us about the party afterwards. There had to have been one. Yeah, well, there was, but there's a fair process you go through before you even get there with anti-doping, um, press conferences, and then because it was a COVID Games, it was a little different, but I was able to celebrate with the Mogul crew back in the village and Tess Cody, who won bronze that day as well. So awesome. that was special. And then when I finally got home to Australia, I got to share that with my family, which is one of the most special moments. And Jakara, and thank you for your time. But before we let you go, I think you were, you were born in Cairns, and I'm presuming as a Winter Olympian, you've probably been away for a lot of winters uh, applying your craft. But are you a footy fan? Do you, do you follow the AFL? Do you have a team? Yeah, I was born in Cairns, but grew up most of my life in Victoria, so hard to not follow AFL down yeah, there. Yeah. So I'm from down Geelong way, so I'm definitely a Geelong Cats. girl. There we Cats. go. Yeah, Cats girl. Can just ask, Jakara, with the moguls, it blows my mind watching you guys with, with the with the knees and the bumps. Like I, for yeah. some, like I, I can't walk without getting sore knees. So yes. how on earth do you absorb <laughs> the the blows of those bumps? Like I just, it, it blows my mind how you how you how you could steer yourself and direct yourself with all those bumps. Do you, you get your knees get sore with all that, or 
It's a pretty brutal sport. I think it looks a lot worse than it is. So what people can't tell is we're already pulling the pressure off before we hit a bump. We're not just slapping into everyone. Um, but it does take a bit of a toll on your body. <laughs> well, an ice bath on Monday yes. will certainly help. So enjoy going down the slide, oh. and we appreciate your time on Dead Set Legends. Thanks, guys. Good on her, Jakara. Yeah, pretty um, cool. Jakara, what a legend she is. I don't think I'm game enough to go down that slide. No. It, it looks so cold. Yep. I'm not, I reckon ice baths aren't ice baths a myth, shall we? Like Steve Johnson's got a theory that they don't actually do anything on well, you. I know the jury out a little I bit. I know what will happen. It'll come out in a couple of years' times that ice baths do nothing and I spent 16 <laughs> years in them and you realise that a sauna or a uh, bath, hot bath would have been better, but uh, they do help indeed. Can we do pick one now, Kath, or... Can I ask the um, question? Ask the question, okay. and then you can have a little ad break to think okay. about it. Pick Joey? one curly question, try to ask you a difficult one, Joey. Who would you rather of these two gun Essendon youngsters, Nick Cox or Archie Perkins? If you could only take one, who would it be? Good one. I'm going to fire one back at you. I'll think about that. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will Tasmania have a 19th license? Will Tasmania get the 19th license in the AFL off the fence? Ooh. Yes or no after the break? Just your opinion yes. after the break. Two good pick ones. I, I like it. Answers coming up next on Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe, Jane, and Kath. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Jay-Z, I want to get your... Uh, thoughts and details about this concussion incident yep. on Thursday night, which feels like a week ago, but it was only mm. a couple of nights ago. So the head clash between Zach Butters and Tom Jonas in the last quarter, mm-hmm. um, many were worried about how quickly both returned to the field because it looked pretty bad and, and all the concussion concerns we now have within the industry. But the AFL have tipped it off and said all was fine. There's all clear. Yep. No, no need to discuss it any further. Yep. So there was a, they were saying that it was the right call from the doctor, Mark Fisher, which is relieving to hear. To me, it was a really worrying hit, mm. a really heavy hit. The players have got blood streaming from their faces. In the, in the environment, the climate we're in at the moment, I think we need to be taking um, a huge amount of care uh, with players. So for me, it was a straight-up concussion check, but midway through the last quarter, they're trailing by two points. The doctor doesn't observe any concussion signs. That's any wobbling on feet, any staggering, any stiff arms, any wooziness. So back out there, and history's going to show it's a, it's a right call. However, history has been littered with mistakes in this area. Players have been put out there too early. That is why there's hundreds of them think, you know, with um, lifelong um, issues with, with concussion and why there are compensation claims, which you've seen in the media and worldwide. So I think, um, for me, it was a straight-up concussion check. I, I didn't like the optics of it. And as you're about to hear, it was a bit of a tense exchange with Port Adelaide coach Ken Hinckley after the match. I've got a doctor who's been with our footy club for 25 years. And the conversation between our doctor and our football manager during the game was, these boys have got no issue with concussion. So if anyone's got a challenge on that and they feel more qualified than Mark Fisher, who's a 25-year AFL doctor, feel free but I think you want to be really, really sure that you're not trying to umpire or make some calls from outside the fence when you have no knowledge. Yeah, but it does deserve real scrutiny because our players deserve it. They deserve the protection. In 2016, Port Adelaide was fined $20,000 for returning Hamish Hartlett to the field too early after a clash in a game against Hawthorne. Mistakes are made. The scrutiny needs to be there and the checks and balances. What there needs to happen, Joey and Kath, and this highlights it perfectly, that there needs to be an independent doctor, an mm. AFL doctor, either making these calls on their own or in conjunction with the club doctor. And then that takes all level of ambiguity or potential bias out of it because we've seen with Justin Kaczynski, who said recently in a podcast that he wished things would have been d- done differently, Joey, when he went back out into the field too early after his concussion. And as we learn more, we completely agree. I think it's a great point. We should have an independent doctor at every at every game. And the amount of money that we spend, as you said, concussion is one of the biggest, biggest issues for AFL players here and going forward and in the past as well. But absolutely, we should have an independent doctor. Just to take out all that, as you said, that's um, th- those sort of suggestions or, or clubs, you know, maybe, and doctors, you know, making sure they don't uh, have any of those questions asked at them. So I think it's a no-brainer. And we certainly have seen players 
get concussion tests for less hits. Well, that's like what I was just about to say. That's that. why we're all so worried on Thursday oh, night saying, because how many times yuck. have you seen, you know, innocuous incidents and then all of a sudden a player subbed off yeah. because of delayed concussion or, you know, whatever mm. it is. So there's still so much to learn about this space. But, yeah, that looked nasty on Thursday night. But good tonight. It's been all cleared yeah. and ticked off. The unknown is the worry. So what will we think in 20 years of an incident like that? Yeah. I think the game has been on a trajectory. It will continue to change and more caution will be shown because it is the rest of your lives, Joey. Yeah. Players retire and they've got 50 years of their life to live at yep. their careers you know on average four years it, it it doesn't you know it does have serious after effects and we've seen it in the media just how uh, important it is but uh, Ken obviously didn't like the questioning. I think that it's a fair question Jay it's fair to, to you ask it. him you've got to ask yeah, it was fair to ask the question yeah. any coverage on concussion is good because we're all trying to you know yep Learn more about it and, and as you said, and, set everyone up for a better future. And lastly on this, so the doctor, who I have, the doctor's huge pressure on them, massive jobs they do and a great job they do. However, how do you, how do you make that assessment in six and eight minutes when there is something mm. as delayed concussion, when symptoms show in hours' time, in days' time? That's a snap judgment in six minutes. Yep. It was a big talking point, but as we said, the AFL have ticked off on it, so um, Port's not accused of doing any wrongdoing on Thursday night. Uh, your pick ones. Yep. Yes. Have you got an answer? So Archie your pick one. Perkins or Nick uh, Cox. Cox? Who would you rather? In my team going forward, I'd rather take Archie Perkins. Oh. I think he's the prototype of the modern-day superstar. He's a big-sized midfielder that plays forward of the ball, can win contest. Uh, he's got poise. He's mature. Still not 100% certain where Nick Cox's best spot is. I don't mm. know what he looks like as an elite AFL player just yet. Where Perkins, I can see it. I'd take him in my team. What about my question to you about yes. Tasmania getting a 19th license? I know there's a lot of conversation at the moment. Just your opinion with what you've heard and, and what you know. Will they get a license later this year? I I, I don't want to shoot Bambi, right? Because I want to be supportive <laughs> of the con, of the uh, of the whole concept. But I just think there's so much more work to be done. And as things stand, I mean, I'm not even convinced the AFL wants a 19th team. I think they'd prefer to have 18 teams. And that's why the discussion around North Melbourne, as much as they hate it, won't go away. But without a shiny new stadium and a clear funding plan for um, that stadium and uncertainty around the, how the list will be built, they want access to like mature age players, draft picks, which other teams don't like. I think at this stage it seems more unlikely than not, but I don't want to be a downer. Do you not think, though, and I know there are so many – details and factors to consider with starting a new club. But in 50 years' time or 100 years' time, when we're talking about a national competition, yeah. that there's bound to be a team in Tasmania. Yep. Um, so yeah. if you're part yeah, I, I, of the I, I, conversations I, and the push for a Tassie team now, don't you want to be part of Yep. And it sounds great. an era where that is delivered? And it's, it sounds great. you can great. say you're part of yes. setting up a club in Tasmania? I think it should happen. I'm not just certain it's going to happen in the next sort of five to ten years. Despite all the good work, they need somewhere to play, Kath. Mm. They need somewhere to play. That's a pretty big sort of first point to start. So they need agreement from the clubs and the league on how they're going to build the list. The retention issue I think is important. Are they going to have um, the list being pilfered? And what's the stadium look like? I think there's just a lot of water to flow under the bridge. Yep. Sounds great. I just don't know that... We're ready to tick it off and rubber stamp it just yet. But right now your feeling is that the um, AFL want 18 teams and so... I think they'd love 18 teams, not 19 teams. Yeah. yeah. So it's more relocating a team than a 19th license. A very senior per club person said to me recently, that is clearly the best outcome for everyone except for the pressure that it puts on North Melbourne. Okay. Big topic in the AFL world, isn't it? And hey, Joey, big game Monday, Queen's birthday clash all starts with Big Freeze 8 and then it is Melbourne v Collingwood and there are so many talking points now when we preview this game. It is first v ninth, but Collingwood, they've got serious momentum. Melbourne coming off a bit of a week from hell in terms of all their um, off-field issues. Yeah, big week, and it's going to be a huge game. The Pies full of confidence, playing terrific footy. They should go in confident, and I think they've seen the blueprint from other teams and how to beat Melbourne, and it's it's not rocket science. It's get after them with elite pressure, turn the ball over, get them to to cough it up, and then attack them. Take them on forward of the, forward of the ball. There's no Stephen May. Jake Lever's not at his best at the moment. They are still vulnerable, and Collingwood do play that way. Collingwood are a team that will go forward and mm-hmm. challenge Melbourne defensively, so they should be trying full of confidence. Looking forward to that game. I'll be covering it for Triple M, so I can't wait. I think it'll be a, a close game. 
uh, and it'll be a beauty. I think the spectre of Max Gorn looms large in this one because that's the factor, isn't he? Yeah. He, he is in extraordinary form, yeah. Max Foy. He is the best ruckman in the competition. There's no doubt about that. Where Collingwood doesn't have that. Brady Grundy. Out. He goes to in the forward line. No, Collingwood don't have a big enough defender. I don't think to defend Max Gorn down there. So that might be a challenge. And in the ruck, I think Darcy Cameron has been playing some uh, good footy. Yeah. But whether they can compete with him early, that's a huge ace for the Demons to have up their sleeve. And as the leader of this football club, Max Gorn said he was embarrassed uh, this mm. week um, about the events that have happened. So I just I got a big big watch on Max Gorn uh, in this game. But as you said, with Collingwood's pressure, they're plucky at the moment. I think they they've got it humming. Lipinski's playing some uh, good footy. Pendles has gone back in the midfield, no longer playing in defence. Certainly has, just sort of marshalling the structure and the shape of things in there. Do we think Jack Ginevan? You touched on this throughout the week, Joey. We think, just quickly, do we think that he might be keeping his feet a little bit more? Uh, by the sounds of it, no. I think he's basically come out and said he'll just keep playing the way that he plays. So he'll keep he'll keep doing what he does. And in a few, and it, you know, if he wants to do that, that was the question. If he's prepared to cop any backlash from whether it's the fans Did or opposition. Did you start this? Did, Did I you start? start this on Sunday? Well, you highlighted it on First Cracker. It's been a big talking point Yeah, all week, I spoke hasn't about it because there were yeah. five instances where he, you know, yep. you could, whatever you say, milk, exaggerate, played up a little bit for free kicks. There were five, which was extreme. I know there's yep. talk about Selwood and all, and they do have got a lot of free kicks, but five in one game made it, for me, a talking point. And, mm-hmm. and my whole point was whether he's prepared, if he wants to continue to do that, whether he's prepared to have that reputation. Um, and it sounds like he's prepared to keep playing that way and it's working for his team. He's got a, He's a good enough player to win the footy and kick goals without doing that, in my view. He doesn't need to do that. Just yep. just, just win the footy and uh, impact the scoreboard. Such a talked about football of someone who's played less than, what, 20 games. Um, but we love watching him play. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Time for Give Me a Spell. Yep. And I'm going to go first. Go Jay-Z, you telling me it was my birthday yeah. two weeks ago. Factually I'm, incorrect. No, Give me I'm, a spell. It's no. August 23. Put it in your diary. <laughs> Make sure there'll be a big song and dance around your birthday. <laughs> hey, Iceberg Lettuce, there's been a lot of coverage now. With it. You could buy a small block of land in Brighton. Hang on, hang on. Cu- Last week you're going on about cucumbers. This week you're going on Iceberg Kat, Lettuce. the longer you do the show, you'll more realise he's all hey. over the supermarkets. Yeah, oh, I get a lot gosh. of feedback about um, the supermarket watch, and the people know my pain because the iceberg, it's like $12 for an Iceberg Lettuce, but there's a simple solution. So the gear this week's Give Me a Spell comes with, a, um, comes with some advice. Just move to spinach. Just get your spinach. I actually go the, good chopped, substitute. the chopped kale. That's still reasonably priced, I think. But I'm not mm, taking kale. much notice of the price as much as you are. Well, $12 a lettuce. It's yeah. a... Just grow your own lettuce, Jay-Z. I will. Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. We've been there for it all. 4 and 20. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. I'm not sure if she's listening right now, but I want to give a shout-out, our dead set legend of the week, to Rosie Walton, our yeah. very own yes, part of the family here at Triple M. It's her birthday today. Speaking of birthdays, Kath, so we're giving a shout-out to Happy Rosie Walton. Birthday, Happy Rosie. birthday, Rosie. for her. She's obviously a big part of the dead set legend yes. family. And uh, now with the Saturday Rub Boys, she's going to jump on soon. If and she you, is the spiritual leader yes. here at Triple M. So if you really love the spiritual leader of Triple M, that is Rosie, you will sing her happy birthday. No, I will not do that, Kath. Good try. Good try, but I won't. <laughs> Do that indeed. Hey, looking forward to a big weekend of footy. Can't wait for Monday, Queen's birthday. In a word, who wins? Fremantle Hawthorne. Freo. Brisbane Secure. It is wet weather St. in Perth, Kilda. by the way. North GWS. Uh, Giants. Collingwood, Melbourne. I think Melbourne still. Okay, there we go. Joey's tips for the weekend. Saturday Rub coming up next. This has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Jane Cat. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Joey. Hard work's paying reward. Just some of my best work. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. You go for it, honey. We'll be back next week. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always <laughs> my little one. Dead Set Legends. Triple